Salutations, spooks, and welcome to another episode. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And, and this, this is, is my spooky, spooky gay family. Hello, Sam Baxter. Hello, Pussy Miles. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm wonderful. I know this isn't funny to any of you, but we, uh, <laughs> we just recorded uh, basically a minute and a half of this podcast and looked down and it was not recording, so we're doing it all again. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited for our our episode today. Are you? Yes, I am. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited. We talked a lot about this on our Patreon episode earlier, our mini, mini microsode. But we are very lucky. This week, we have a very, very special guest joining us on My Spooky Gay Family. It is someone who is a very, very dear friend of mine and who I I love infinitely. Um, Someone who is so, so talented and so smart and endearing and funny and super gay. <laughs> you might be saying to yourselves, my God, they are jumping right in. And the uh, the reason for that is that we, uh, we actually have already conducted the interview with the one and only Adam Berry of uh, Kindred Spirits. You can catch it on Discovery Plus. The new season just premiered. Uh, and uh, you may know Kindred Spirits from the Travel Channel. It is now available on Discovery+. Plus. They have new episodes coming out every Saturday. And Adam Berry is a, a very dear friend of mine. We met at a <laughs> paranormal pride event, which was really, really cool. I got to meet uh, Adam and his wonderful, wonderful husband, Ben, and the amazing Chip Coffee, all at the same event, hosted by the one and only Kathy Kelly. It was like... <laughs> It was an event not to be missed. So if we do Paranormal Pride again in Asbury Park, New Jersey, you should all come because it is so fucking fun and so phenomenal. Um, But we are going to jump right into the episode today because we we did this interview and Adam is one of those people, I'm sure you agree. Uh, It was so much fun talking to him that... We got so carried away. We conducted that we had this conversation for two hours and I don't want to cut anything out. So rather than cut the conversation down, I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to put the whole thing in and you guys get to listen to it. And I'm not going to sit here and bullshit at the beginning of the episode. We're just going to let you guys uh, enjoy it. We have one of my favorite conversations I think we've ever had with a guest on this podcast ever. I agree. Um, So we're just going to let you guys uh, enjoy it. We will come in for a little recap at the end. But for now, just uh, buckle up, grab a snack and enjoy.
Well, hello there, Adam Berry. Welcome to my spooky gay family. Hi. You know, we are family. Here we are. We are family. family. <laughs> I haven't seen Our you in so have long. Already started. I know, exactly. <laughs> I haven't seen you in so long. How are you, darling? Very good. I mean, we are in the mi- still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I know. And I, the, I think the last time that I saw you was... The, one of the last big hurrahs. I mean, I know it was in June, but we got very busy filming um, season four of Kindred Spirits now in mm-hmm. season five. But I, I I remember that being one of the last like major events. And I was looking for it, you know, I'm looking forward to it this year, too. But I know I had been so hopeful that uh, we were going to do another paranormal pride in Asbury Park. Were you in Asbury Park because you were at the Paramount that week? No. So that was a completely different month. That was in September on the anniversary of the actual Morrow Castle disaster. Mm -hmm. But Kathy and I, Kathy Kelly, who runs Mm -hmm. the museum, she and I have been friends for, you know, four years, four or five years now. And so I was there. I was there for that because Kathy was like, I want to do this kind of thing. And I was like, I'm absolutely down for that, you know, because I feel like the last time that I went to an actual pride because I live in Provincetown, mm-hmm. like the actual pride was probably Boston pride 15 years ago. So oh it was God. good. For like <laughs> It was good. Right. It was good to be there, you know, surrounded by the young children uh, and to like see, you know, to, to just experience that again. But that was like one of the last big fun things that I did before the pandemic. I know because you you tend to keep a bit busy. I don't know if you knew this. I, I, I realized it. Well, I didn't realize it. I already knew it. But when I was putting together the outline for this episode and I had like six pages worth of notes and I was like, did you know you're kind of famous, Adam Barry? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. My life from the ethics. Okay. I was like, because uh, I was putting together this episode and obviously you and I have known each other for oh, about two years now yeah. since Paranormal Pride. Um, and it's been wonderful, I must say, getting to know you and your husband Ben. And uh, it, 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 like, it never occurs to me when I meet someone very casually. It never occurs to I'm like uh, the more I learned about you, I was like, oh wow, oh wow, oh this is really cool, oh awesome. <laughs> and so I was doing my research for this last night, and I was like, well, I already know so much about Adam. Like, you know, I'll keep looking through this, but then. I, I realized I was like, oh my God, he's done so many interviews. What the fuck am I gonna ask him tomorrow? <laughs> Please look, I will say, I will tell you this much, and this is where you can go with. So most of my interviews are with really cool, like not that this isn't a cool spooky podcast, yeah. but I mean, you know, they are only talking about the paranormal. They're only talking about like kindred spirits. They're keeping it straight in the mm-hmm. Straight. Yeah, quote unquote. Um, not, right. And so I, you know, I have to like choose my words wisely. Sometimes I'm not like, hey, girl, hey. But in this podcast, <laughs> all bets are off. So, all bets are off. Uh, that's what I so, love because we, we don't worry about cursing. Don't worry about if you say something right. mean about Amy, I'm going to message her on <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's I, I I think this is these are my favorite types of podcasts because, you know, we can just chill and be ourselves. And, and it's so- all it's very casual. We're just here to have a good time. And that's what that's what I Sam and I say all the time on the podcast. We're like, we might get shit wrong. We we have and no we idea. Uh, constantly. All the time. We have no idea what we're talking about most of the time. <laughs> I don't even I, we had never met before. This. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we don't know each other. She never met. Lived- 
so long. She, she was a, a just a, a a distant second family from our father. Um, <laughs> so we are going to go through a lot of your life. So I hope you're prepared. This is going to be a deep dive. Oh wait, so wait. I know that you're in you're in um, New Jersey, right? We are in New Jersey. Yeah, so you're in New Jersey, and I'm out on the Cape in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Does that mean people are just going to show up and walk through the front door? You know, like this is your life where they just walk through the front oh, yeah. door and you face with it again, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, and we're, this is basically an intervention. We're going to. Right. <laughs> right. We're going... That's why this is probably just Kool-Aid and not actual vodka. Exactly. We're trying to tell you you have a problem, Ben. Right. Oh, my God, Ben. I called you Ben. No, you know what? <laughs> all the time. Do people do that all the time? I don't know what it is. It's like. You and Ben are two very distinctly different people, but I think of you as a unit. So it's like it's a, Adam and Ben. <laughs> at least you don't. Yeah. At least you don't think of us as eunuchs. You just a unit. It's fine. I mean, I have a younger I have a younger brother. And, you know, sometimes I'm like Lucas, but I mean, Ben, because his name, my really? brother's name is Lucas. So sometimes I'll be like, um, I was talking with Ben or I, I, vice versa, because it's just like. I don't know. It's weird. It's so weird. It's just like I I mix him up too. It's so. also just like the older I get, the more names just like are not stored in the database. No. For some no. I don't know what it is. It was like no. it was and it happened very suddenly. It was like I hit 30 and then all of a sudden it was like who was that person that I dated for 8 years? Mm-hmm. It's like like stupid shit. Like things that yeah. should be in my brain and I'm like I have no idea. Things just yeah. disappear. Does that ever I, happen to you? I, I feel the same way. I mean, I can see you and I will know that I see I know who you are and then I have to do that um amazing like uh devil wears prada moment where <laughs> i skirt around and i'm like hey you <laughs> so good in the meantime i'm like looking up facebook yeah and being like, i i saw them post about some like you know they, they had a great steak at this restaurant where are they there they are <laughs> And Ben is like your Emily. He has to lean forward and be yeah. like, "That's Amy Bruni. She does a show with you every week." Um, yeah, yeah. Like he, she has. He has my book. He's like, I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> it's Jan. Yeah. He, but I love. By the way, those of you listening at home, the commentary is coming from my, my actual husband, who's here telling. You know, he's, we're making it happen, and it will show. You will love it. It's like a Maybe sitcom. You're making meatballs. Meatball. Oh my god! You've suddenly garnered my attention. <laughs> meatballs. He's a making the Super Bowl as we're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. You guys. So. We are recording on Super Bowl Sunday, and I was given. I was. I was told that you are. Who are you rooting for today? Okay, look, guys. I live in Cape. I live in the Cape. The only football team I've known since I moved to Boston in 2001 is the Patriots. So mm-hmm. I grew up in the Brady era. That being said, I also have a lot of friends who are Kansas City fans, but they're just mean online. And so for that (laughs) simple reason, I would love to see Tom Brady win again, just because I told you so. I mean, it would be the perfect Cinderella story for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are we losing? We're losing followers now. As we speak, it's like unsubscribe, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. (laughs) Anyway, so I I enjoy I enjoy watching football only because I like rooting for the underdog. And it seems to me that Tampa Bay is the underdog in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And so I'm rooting for them. Uh, I, I don't have any money on it. 
thank God. Uh, so, you know, it'll be fun to see what happens. I'm very excited for you. <laughs> that's that's all I think. I, I didn't even thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, I had no idea that this was Super Bowl Sunday. And when David was messaging you yesterday, because I was running around like a crazy person, David was messaging you yesterday, and he was like, "So for tomorrow, we're going to be recording it at this time." And you were like, "Oh, thank God you messaged me because I thought we were recording today." <laughs> yeah, I did. I thought it was yesterday for a minute. I was like, "I think it's today," and I don't know why I thought it. But I had it in my calendar for Saturday and I was like, maybe it's not, maybe I don't know. And honestly, we're not doing much. So here we are. So I you know, <laughs> I appreciate everyone being flexible and starting early. And, and flexibility has never been a strength of mine, not even in dance class. <laughs> <laughs> they were ah. like, pissy, lift your left foot. I was like, how high? Jesus. Yeah. You want a <laughs> you want a chantremont or you want like a Bev Lepec? Like <laughs> Words I haven't heard in over a decade for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> I'm a virtual, Al, Al, you know, Alvin Ailey dancer at this point. Oh, good go. for you. They won't even <laughs> let me visit. Not really. They're like, they're like, you're not even allowed in the building, Pizzy Miles. Debbie um, Allen, Debbie Allen just like throws you out of the door. Oh my God. I, there's a, there's a part of me that would like love to be able to take a dance class with Debbie Allen because I love <laughs> Debbie Allen, but I'm like, that would be the most embarrassing hour of my life yeah like it's I am... terrible. no i would go to a lecture with debbie allen let's go to a lecture oh, yeah. and like a ted talk i was just gonna instead. say like a debbie allen ted talk i would go yeah. in a heartbeat but second i were you were you a dancer when you were in school uh uh that's a loaded question so i <laughs> so i i i knew that i wanted to go to school for musical theater and and acting and drama and whatever um because that's the only thing I could think of myself doing for the rest of my life, which is so odd seeing what I do now. Mm -hmm. And I uh, I got into a dance class my senior year of high school and I took private uh, tap and ballet because I felt like I needed some sort of foundation. Yeah. And when I got to the Boston Conservatory, which is where I went to school now, Boston Conservatory at Berkeley. Um, <laughs> right. Be, let's be correct. I. I was in beginner everything my freshman year uh, because I, they were like, did you take dance classes? Like, not, no. And so I was in <laughs> beginner everything. But then my sophomore year, I went to advanced ballet and I was in advanced thing. Girl, I know your face says that. Advanced oh. ballet? Right. Excuse and the my, shit out of me. <laughs> okay, but wait, but wait, but wait, but wait. There are pros and cons. So I had, I had the, uh, flexibility and the range and i picked up very quickly right so mm -hmm. they were like he needs to be doing this but i was in that class with like nick adams uh um, <laughs> lazarone like people that are on the broadway and are like really good like right? amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah so these people were my alicia umfress even like these people were my class and I was like the low totem pole, which was <laughs> such a great lesson to learn, I will say. Like it put you in perspective. So try doing like an hour and a half ballet class where you're forced to forced, forced to go across the floor with people who have been <laughs> taking ballet for like 18 years. Yeah. It it makes you humble as fuck. <laughs> oh, nothing will make you humble like going to school for any art form because you come from a town where like you're the person who does it and you're like, oh, I do this. And then you get there and then there's 42 people who are better at it than you are. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and with, 
you know, and to be perfectly frank with the lack of social media and like what you didn't see, like mm -hmm. I only auditioned for schools that I sort of saw in backstage magazine. Right. Yeah. I and I knew someone who lived in Boston. So I had no concept that like, uh, you know, CCM existed or these or like. You know, uh, 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 um, dance moms, that whole dance mom, they were yeah. like, they've been doing that for, these kids are ridiculous. And they mm -hmm. go to schools with money and talent. And I had zero, zero idea. You're a, definitely, a, uh, you know, a, medi a medium-sized big fish in a small pond. And mm -hmm. then you get thrust into the alligator pit. Yeah. And you're like... <laughs> shape up or ship out. And I was very fortunate to to grasp that very early. I was like, I'm going to do what I do and I'm going to do it as much as I can and we'll see where it goes. But I mean, you know, I digress. Uh, uh, yeah, I digress. Were, I were, die. <laughs> <laughs> were you always a performer, like even as a kid? Yeah. Oh, God. Six years old. So my first, this is going to be a great, it may tie in with some of your questions. Um, <laughs> when I was four years old, I knew all the words to cats. All of them. Oh, start easily. to finish. Yeah. Easily. Um, and because if my mother went to New York and, you know, on a trip and they saw cats, she brought back the album, the LP. <laughs> the LP. Thank you. And the tapes. <laughs> and so I would listen, I'd listen to them on repeat. And so the first show that I saw was a touring production of Cats in at the Von Braun Civic Center in Huntsville, Alabama. And uh, I was in the mezzanine, literally. I say this, but I would hate this child. I literally probably like sang along and or mouth the words to the entire, the entire show. <laughs> oh, just live. I was the show is down there, but really the show is in the mezzanine. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um, I the only thing I remember was afterwards being like, that's something I need to do. And mm -hmm. so from that moment on. It was like I was doing shows in my backyard and then I ended up being and started doing plays and stuff when I was six years old um, because I just I liked what that was. I like the exchange of energy, you know, mm -hmm. the exchange of energy in, from the audience to the performer and to the audience. And I could feel that as a kid. And strangely enough, it's sort of it's sort of like worked itself into what I do now, the energy, the, the exchange of energy. And it's it's such a weird parallel. But yeah. When did you want to like be up in the theater? Gigs? Oh, about the same time. I was probably like, what, like six years old yeah, man. when our dad took us to see Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. Yes. And that was the, I like, not, it was so magical to me that I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I just like, <laughs> there was, there was yeah. not like a part of my brain that could comprehend what was happening in front of me. And we grew up in a house where like, Sam was the same way. Sam was very like outgoing and and into the idea of performance. Like Sam did stand up comedy and she did the shows in high school. And we were we were both very into like music and and movies and and things like that. And you didn't choose to pursue it. No. But for me, it was one of those things where I was like, I I did poorly in high school because the whole time I was just thinking like. Why do I need yeah. geometry? I'm going yeah. to be a performer. Yeah. And I, I think everyone who chooses to suffer through their life the way that, that we have uh, kind of goes through that that little piece. Was it even harder in, in a place like Alabama? I, 
Okay, so I was very fortunate because, yes, I grew up in Alabama, but I grew up in Muscle Shoals. And for those of you listening who have seen the documentary Muscle Shoals, it is um, it is about the music industry and mm-hmm. about how the you know soul was created in this space and Fame Recording Studios was alive and well in the 50s and 60s. And every single recording artist that's like on, on the Hall of Fame recorded there, Aretha Franklin, Michael Jackson, Jackson 5. Uh, the uh, the Swampers was a kit band that just played with all of these people and they had this distinct sound. And so I was fortunate enough to grow up in a town where if I said I want to be a singer, they'd go, cool, good for you. Right. It wasn't <laughs> like you should do something else because the entire town had that kind of music sensibility. So mm-hmm. I was very fortunate in that respects. Um, and I, our band program at Muscle Shoals High School uh, got more money than the football team. I mean, our football team was not good. Okay. I mean, there have been some really great NFL players that have come out of the program randomly because they went to college, but <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But they yeah. the, went to the band and the principal was their daughter was the drum major. And so we won major competitions and I was, I was in band and chorus and drama. And like, I, I was, I lucked out. And I think, uh, that really helped, you know, deal with high school because high school is not easy. No, not at all. Not for anyone. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, and, and so it kept me busy. I was busy from 730 in the morning until 1030 at night. And mm-hmm. then I went home and I watched uh, the things that I recorded on VHS, which was like Rosie O'Donnell show, the Ellen show, <laughs> you know, things that I could connect yeah. with, the, with the world I wanted to be a part of. And then rinse and repeat every single day. So I, I I was very fortunate that I had a lot of extracurricular things that took my time. And um, I I was just talking to Ben. This is so random. I'm going to tell you. But I was in advanced honors programs like pretty much all of high school. And then I noticed that if I could drop one diploma, because what does an advanced diploma need for a musical theater person? My senior year, because we were on the block schedule, which means you had four classes every semester and you did a year's worth of work in one semester, I could take one academic class my fall of my senior year and the rest of the year would just be band chorus drama. And so I so for I was like, no, I was like, fuck that. I'm going to (laughs) drop up, like drop the honors and get the middle grade diploma and I'm going to just do my focus I wish instead of taking, I think I had to take um, like history or something. And I wish that it had been like taxes instead. Yeah. <laughs> right? Something that I really could dig into. But I. The stock uh, market. Something. Yeah. That... <laughs> Bitcoin. They're like, we don't know what this is called yet. Yeah. Um, Civics. But any text, useful yeah. thing. They were like, in 2010, please take $50,000 and buy Bitcoin. You will be a billionaire. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I lucked out, I think. And I and that was and that was uh, I don't think I think if I grew up anywhere else in Alabama, I might, I would have had a very, very different experience. Mm-hmm. And my family was always very supportive of what I wanted to do. And you. Yeah. You know, otherwise, without that, what would I what where would I be? Do you come from a big family? Yeah, I, I my uh, grandmother, uh, Granny Barry, rest in peace. She mm-hmm. had a. Uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six kids, seven kids. And then they all have kids as it were. My dad is the, uh, 
the only su- surviving son at this, and we're the only son. So we're like the, you know, we're carrying on that yeah. heritage. <laughs> You're carrying on the the Barry legacy. <laughs> Pressure's on. <laughs> um, it's like very game. I always think of Game of Thrones when I think of things. I'm like, God, the pressure's on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, they it was it was a big family, and we, you know, it was the it was the it was the traditional Southern upbringing. Church every Sunday with my grandmother, mm-hmm. maybe on a Wednesday too. Oh, like Wednesday. church, all you know, we did it all, and and it, you know, I I played all the sport. I played. Well, I didn't play all the sports. I played basketball and baseball. And did the things. But I also my mother knew that I uh, wanted to be in theater. And so she she let us do that kind of thing, which we were very Mm -hmm. lucky to do that. You know, do you have siblings? Yeah. Lucas, my brother. Oh, that's right. You mentioned Lucas. My husband. He's four years younger than I. And he has two beautiful daughters. So it's so it's so crazy to see, you know, just to see your siblings. Well, you have two beautiful children as well, don't you? I do, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I, uh, I have two chihuahuas. We have two chihuahuas. Uh, one is named Cheeto. Cheeto. He's looking at me now. Uh, <laughs> Cheeto. He is thirteen, right? Oh my goodness. And or fourteen. Thirteen. 13. And Maria, who is asleep uh, beside me here and never leaves my side, she is fifteen. We had a virtual quinceanera in May. <laughs> She oh, had she two got outfit changes. She had two outfit changes. <laughs> Her name is Maria, of course. And um, uh, we had a virtual quinceanera Zoom on Zoom. And every we played games. And I know we're so I love stupid. this. No, right? uh, you, this is like, these are the things that often like, I feel like people make fun of you for it. Not you specifically, but right. make fun of peop- other people for it. And it's like, you know what? If we can have some fun with like something kind of silly and stupid and kind of campy and ridiculous, mm-hmm. it's like why shouldn't we? Why Thanks. shouldn't we throw a quince for for our chihuahuas? Why, uh, like, why is that not a thing? For real, I mean, the thing is, she is fifteen. Yeah, you guys, fifteen. She's older than our relationship. My husband and I's relationship. My husband and I, we met in August of. Well, we knew of each other in, uh, on Hot or Not uh, in 2005 <laughs> on MySpace, and uh, we started dating in August of 2006. But he had gotten Maria the year prior, or in May of May of 2006, August, yeah. right? Yeah. So like his relationship with Maria is longer, even though she loves me best. Um, (laughs) There's favorite. And then, you know, and so it's like, she's 15, you guys. We should celebrate the fact that this little nugget has been through our 20s. We got through our 20s and, you know, early to mid 30s. With this, <laughs> with this chihuahua, car trips, moving houses, what everything, right? Mm-hmm. And she's made it, you know. And I don't know how long she has, but you know what? I'm gonna fill her up on Wisconsin brats, yeah, uh, because that's where my husband's from, and she loves a good sausage brat. So I'm gonna give it to her. She can have whatever she wants. For the rest of her life until she crosses the rainbow bridge, as they say. She deserves it. She earned it. She's like a she, centenarian, right? Like for a yeah. dog, that's like a hundred. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I think I think she, it's every, chihuahuas are like four years, right? Like every 
four years for every year or something. Because they're smaller. Because they're smaller. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I didn't go. I went to school for musical theater. I can't do math. <laughs> four times 15 is 321. Everyone knows You're this. Right. A billion, <laughs> a billion, $1.76 billion. Exactly. No, I, I think um, she could live to 18, 17, 18. I mean, I, we're obviously caught cautious of her quality of life. Yeah. She is she is blind now. In the past, she got she can't, she turned blind in the past 6 months, which is really sad, but she, you know, that's not the sense she uses and we take mm -hmm. care of her and I feel like I should put her in a pouch and just wear her around no. because she does not like being not next to me at all times. It's probably for the best. When, I think so. Look, what here, look. I could show you her just because yeah, I know no one's at home watching, but I'll show you. <laughs> oh, Kinda. she's adorable. She's like, si vingo, papa. <laughs> <laughs> she does very clearly love you. She is I like, she she looks like a very sweet dog. Um, how have how long have you lived in Provincetown now, or on the Cape? I should say. Do you want me to bleep uh, that out? <laughs> year round. Yeah, year round. Yeah, don't tell people where I live. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Murphy's here. Everyone's here. Stop. Everyone's Stop. Get here. Um, I have lived on the Cape. Well, a year round since I guess 2008, right? 2008 or nine. Mm -hmm. Um, just because we did not. There was a thing. We went back and forth between summer and winter for a while. But I started coming here in 2003. Um, uh, was my first summer in Provincetown, not knowing what it was. Uh, and I did the musical Hair. And I was sold. Actually, no. Actually, I was not sold. At the end of that first year, I was like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> All of my money. I have because it rent was so expensive at that in 2003. Yeah. And I, was like, I was like, no, I did not drink and club the rest of my money away. No way. No, I did not. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. I'm leaving with no money. Um, yeah. But then the next year, uh, my surrogate, I call them my surrogate moms. They owned a place called Planet Rainbow across from Spiritus Pizza. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were like, we need a gay boy to work in the store. It's just a bunch of lesbians. Please, God, help us. Um, because they, you know, they were like, we can't just be a room full of lesbians. We need, we need to have something. <laughs> we need something to have someone to that people aren't ogling. <laughs> right. There's something else to offer. Um, and so I, they were like, will you come back? And I, and I, at the time I was working at FCUK. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Store? Oh, I do. Fuck huck. I was at, uh, <laughs> at FCUK, like chewing just like not okay. I would I would tell people they didn't look good and stuff because I was people were like, do I look great in this? I was like, no, girl, you should not. <laughs> they, and they hated that. They were like, you're about to make a sell. And I was like, yeah, she I cannot. What? No. <laughs> anyway, Discouraging I, people. You're like, no, don't buy that. How dare you? The best part, though, is they love that. They were like, thank you for being honest. And I was like, look, can I give you some other things that I think are going to work? Mm -hmm. They were like, yeah, because then it became a personal shopping experience. And yeah, they didn't buy the $300 dress. And they but they bought like the shirt that said titty titty fuck by FCUK. <laughs> you know, they bought that shirt and that's what they left with. And they were happy, like, shut up, corporate. Yeah. yeah. And, but I was like, I left that and went back to Provincetown. And then the rest is history. I was like, there's something magical about this place. And now we live here year round um, for real, for real. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh you know, and there's a lot of New York connection here. I mean, I've mm -hmm. met more famous no. pe people in our business, I guess I would say, than 
than I would have if I stayed in the city and mm-hmm. grinded it out, which I did. I did do that. But it was like, you know, I have more friends who are in the business who do this for a living um, than ever. I mean, I wouldn't have, I would have never met you. Let's no, be, probably not. Without being a promise town, because Kathy Kelly was like apparently stalking me six years ago. <laughs> and then she finally like invited us to Asbury Park and then instant friends. So it's like. Everything has a reason, you know. We have had Kathy on the on the podcast before, and it is to this day one of my favorite episodes. I have uh, Kathy is one of those people where, like, I don't think if you don't like Kathy Kelly, you're probably a terrible person. Yeah, like, you're a terrible human being. <laughs> if you yeah. can't find something to like in Kathy or her wife, it's like you clearly. I call her the Dosekis woman because she is yeah. the most interesting woman alive, girl. So there are people in this field. So Kathy Kelly owns the Paranormal Books and Curiosities. Everyone should go to Asbury Park and Mm -hmm. get that. Um, But she, I, I, the day that I knew Kathy Kelly was someone you don't play with in this paranormal field was that she came to an event that we did at the Queen Mary. And there's this, I have a friend named John Tenney. And if you don't know John Tenney, you have to, John E.L. Tenney on Twitter, you have to follow him. He is literally the Dosa Keys man, right? So Kathy <laughs> is Dokesi do, do, uh, Dos Keys. I didn't say that. <laughs> I said German. So <laughs> that didn't know how. Um, same, right? And yeah. I have never seen anyone go toe to toe in conversation about things with John Tenney than I had with Kathy Kelly. They sat down. And in a brief span of like 30 minutes, John would bring up something that they were talking about. And Kathy would be like, yeah, because it's like this. And then John would be like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're tech, they're saying they might as well be talking hieroglyphics. And, yeah. in- <laughs> and they were like toe to toe, knowing what they were talking about. It was the most interesting conversation. And at, at that moment, I was like, Kathy Kelly's the real deal. She's mm-hmm. like, she knows what she's talking about. She's nice. They're kind. You know, they 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 would give you the shirt off the back if if you needed it, but they also know when you can take the lead. Like it, they're just they're both of them are just great individuals. They're just they're the sweetest people, and like I think the thing that I love so much about Kathy is that she is very genuine. It's like she is not having this conversation to prove to you how much she knows. She's having right. this conversation. Because she wants to talk to you about this thing she's passionate about. And she wants to hear what you have to say about it as much as she wants to tell you what she knows. And Mm -hmm. that's what it's, I mean, it's one of the many things that I love about her. But she's just the most interesting person to talk to because she is so open-minded. I think it's because she is a historian that Mm -hmm. like... She is just always open to learning anything there is to know about anything. And it just yeah. makes her, she's like an encyclopedia. It's the most bizarre, crazy thing. Um, and, and when we got, well, we, when we did our episode of Kindred Spirits in Asbury Park with mm-hmm. the Paramount, uh, she was by far, I was like, no, she's the contact. I mean, she was the contact for the space and we had been there before, but like, I was like, that's who you're interviewing. Like, we're not going to interview anyone else. She's going to know more than anyone else because mm-hmm. she a she lives there b this is what she does and she's a historian first and foremost yeah and far and away like oh. the things she would tell me in just like regular conversations i'd be like oh my god i never knew that oh my god i never knew that talking about things especially about the history of asbury park because yeah. she and her wife uh live in that area it's like she just knows 
everything, but in in a such like it's not pretentious at all. It's like it's just like she like peppers a conversation with all these wonderful little things, and you're like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you're like it's a buffet. It's like a buffet. And meanwhile, I'm like. Asbury Park is in New Jersey, right? And, and like, I know nothing about anything. And, and she's like, yes, and, 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 and. And it, yeah. it just turns me into like an idiot. Have you ever done an investigation with Kathy? Um, yes. So, well, okay. So not like a, a formal investigation mm-hmm. where we would be like A to Z kind of thing. But I have investigated with her uh, in Provincetown. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we would do like... Uh, I have a, a small event company, uh, P-Town Ghost Hunts, and we would do <laughs> ghost hunts with her, and then she gets her two cents, or you know, she'll tell me about an experience. I mean, we're always sort of investigating together. We've investigated together at Asbury Park, of course, yeah, like at the Paramount and the Berkeley Hotel. Mm-hmm. But but we're always sort of investigating. Like she'll send me something she caught, and she'll be like, "What do you think about this?" And that's <laughs> investigating. It's like, okay, let's talk about let's talk about it. Or she'll have an experience or I'll have an experience and I'll say, listen, I don't understand it. Do you, is it in your Rolodex? And, you know, she'll say no or yes and give me her thoughts. And it's sort of, everything is theory. So we, she's a great person to bounce theory off of. And someone who, rightly so, will say, oh yeah, I know, I I get what you're saying. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about it more, you know. Did did P-Town Ghost Hunt uh, kind of evolve from your original uh group yeah. in, in Provincetown. Yeah. So the Provincetown Paranormal Research Society, <laughs> such a long name. <laughs> Try to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. com. No. <laughs> um, came out of I mean the the whole thing came out of uh we I had a fascination with ghosts, so did my husband. We lived in Provincetown in the winter and you know we wanted to take a hobby and do something with it and it became let's start this group with our friends and let's get into these houses that are usually not available these old old cape homes where your friends are house sitting for the winter right or (laughs) renting it for the winter yeah and let's go in and let's see what we can get and that's basically what it turned into now it's sort of evolved to uh uh, you know, people who would live on the Cape or who or who are visiting who want to learn about the paranormal, you know, with a lecture and be have an introduction into what it is. And then we investigate something haunted. Usually it's the Unitarian uh, Meeting House, the mm-hmm. UU Church, uh, which was a morgue in the in the first pandemic in you know, 1918. Um, and it survived a flood and there's been a fire near there. So it's like um we have we Ben and I and Kathy, of course, have have investigated little places, but P Town Ghost Hunt is is very much an educational based program. So yeah, it's it's sort of changed a little bit because yeah, the Province on Paranormal Research Society Incorporated dot com UK uh, <laughs> is a little you know is is uh, is is was the beginnings of that. And so, how explain to me because you you mentioned it was uh it was the. Provincetown Paranormal Research Society. How how long had you been working with them? Or I know you created it. Yeah. Before. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I we we started that I think in two thousand and six, seven, like mm-hmm. just around where because uh, I had always been fascinated with ghosts and I had always had activity, but there was a point where I realized you could investigate ghosts because I didn't know that there were there was a group 
and Ghost Hunters had just started. Right. And I didn't know that you could be in a group of people to go out and do these kind of things. But then I was like, oh, wait, you can. Because I was, you know, I saw Ghost Hunters and I was like, oh, so we could go and look for these ghosts. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I I would never recommend just watching a paranormal show and then recreating what they do. <laughs> but, you know, those first few you know, investigations we did, we were just sort of sitting in the dark and just talking, right? And just trying to see what we could get. And then as I did more research and read books and just looked at what people were doing, I we sort of evolved a little bit. But it was it was always a hobby. It was always not necessarily tongue in cheek, but we were like, it's sort of like, you know, we're going to go see what this is because mm-hmm. this is such a new thing. And do we want to interact with ghosts? I mean, are we opening a Pandora's box here? And yes, we did. We opened it. Because look, <laughs> we cracked that Started bitch open. pulling out all the streamers. The <laughs> yeah. We cracked that bitch open, broke off the lock, swallowed yeah. the key. Like, <laughs> we're all fucked now. So, um, but it was, yeah, I think uh, it, 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 it came out of a necessity of wanting to know more and then mm-hmm. trying to figure out what that is. And then, and then it, eventually I was on, um, I applied to be on ghost hunters Academy, mm-hmm. which was a spinoff show of ghost hunters. And for some strange reason, they let me be on this show. Um, <laughs> right. And it was a competition reality show. It sounds crazy, but if you have not seen it, it's a great 2010 watch. Uh, if you will, I have bings, bings. I have bangs like <laughs> just I have bings. I have, I have bings. bings. Bieber, you know, I'm I'm sporting the Bieber bang. I'm so I'm so young. Uh, but we, um, you know, it was a competition reality show where they put us in the scariest places in the country and they would tell us their methodology of investigating. And they wanted to see how you incorporated your own thoughts and feelings into what they were trying to teach you in mm. a way. And then they would vote people off. You know, very much like Survivor. Survivor. <laughs> yeah. Like literal Survivor. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you're in a haunted asylum. Do you want to be left here alone? Who's getting cut? So uh, so they would cut us off. Every, You know, somebody would be voted off. And I ended up being one of the three finalists at the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. And Jeez. I was chosen. I won the show. And my prize, I always say my prize was Amy Bruni, who is mm-hmm. my cohort and partner on Kindred Spirits. But... Really, I was guaranteed six episodes of Ghost Hunters, and uh, you know, apparently they liked our chemistry so much that they I didn't go anywhere, and so I ended up doing Ghost Hunters, and then Amy and I we had done that for four I had done that for four seasons, she had done for six to seven seasons, and um, there came a point where we were like, we want something a bit different, we want to progress what we're doing rather than just looking for ghosts and saying, yeah, this place is haunted. And here's the evidence. We we had a desire to find out, well, why? Why are they there? Who are they? Mm-hmm. How? What is their per- – there's got to be a reason. They can't, they're not just like here being a spook. They're not just like trying to scare you. This makes no sense. This isn't – and so uh, and so that's where Kindred Spirits was founded from. And we – you know, people kept asking them, so what do you guys want to do if you want to do a show? And we're like, we don't want to do a show. <laughs> we all and then they were like well if you did want to what would it be and that's that's what kindred spirits ended up being and uh it's such a great i mean obviously we keep pushing the boundaries in the show we're in season mm-hmm. five and we keep pushing the boundaries we keep express but we have the freedom to do that because it's our it's our gig you know it's our baby which and is so amazing we- yeah, it's it, amazing because you get to do the show exactly the way you want to do it and you don't right. have to put on 
some of the theatrics that I think are sometimes expected of paranormal investigation shows. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say uh, the the best thing about Kindred Spirits is that it's rooted in truth. Like we yeah. legitimately do not care of the outcome. Like we have been a- we've been asked to come to this place because people are frightened out of their minds or it's a place we've always wanted to investigate. We mm-hmm. have zero idea how this episode is going to end networks love that right they're mm-hmm. like how's it gonna end we're like don't know <laughs> but we are also so okay with being like we don't know what it is mm-hmm. it's not as haunted as we thought here's how we can explain it this is what we think you need to do and we have the ability of getting the most haunted cases because people contact we have so many people contacting us that mm-hmm. we can cherry pick things that we can see and we'd be like oh my god that sounds like it's really intense you know, we interview the family we find out what's going on and then and then you know if we feel that it is appropriate uh and in our wheelhouse to help them we're gonna help them and so i i think for us it's exactly what we what it needs to be to showcase an actual paranormal investigation from start to finish without any bells and whistles. Yes, there's music. Of course, it's a TV show. Yeah. Yes, there is edits because we're taking four to five days and putting it into 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But you are getting – we control the content, so you're getting the most precise A to B to C investigation of why we think it is what it is based on what we do and what we know. And here it is for you, right? And if that's different from somebody else, that's great. But it's we consider ourselves a documentary paranormal television show rather than a reality TV show. And that's something that I love so much about it, because my first experience with Kindred Spirits was watching the your investigation of the Paramount Theater in Asbury Park, um, because that was shortly after I met you. And I was like, oh, let me let me watch this. And then Kathy was like, you have to watch this show. You're going to love it. And uh, I think it was last season, right? It was season four that you season did four, yeah. Paramount. Um, and I watched it and I was really taken in not only by the investigation, because it is a great episode. I'll tell you this. If you haven't watched it, you absolutely should, because it's a great investigation. <laughs> Watch it, Sam. It's such a great episode. I really enjoyed it. And I've been in the Paramount. I went to see uh, Sasha Valore's Nightgowns there with David. Oh. And oh, such a good show. Oh. Such that a good show. Yes. I don't, I, I, one day we should try and get uh, Sasha to come and talk because she has a lot of like crazy stories as well. Um, but Sasha's been a friend of David and mine for a long time. And this was, we went to see Nightgowns last November. It was like the week after the impeachment, everything right. happened. And so like Asbury Park has been a hometown for a long time. So I had a lot of friends there. And it was like walking into this like grand theater, this old grand theater and and being like, mobbed and and seeing Sasha it was like it was such yeah. a crazy experience and the yeah. show was fucking phenomenal yes um, impeachment queen it was, get I, that. I know you gotta ding gotta get it into every single Girl, episode. I watched I watched all of it I watched all of it and that's like, <laughs> yep. yes ma'am yes ma'am I t- I told I tell this story all the time I was like I, I called our dad and I was like dad I'm on c-span and he was like what did you do do I need to call someone <laughs> 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 You're like, yeah, no, yeah. That's amazing. Love that when you did that. Props to you, girl, because that that right there just it put us, it put our people in the conversation. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It, you were representing so many people who, at that point, 
felt just so I get I felt silenced for three years. So, mm-hmm. you know, do I, you, I appreciate you doing that. And I appreciate you saying so. Do you think that's a big part of why you're involved with Tim's fund? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think so. Tim, Tim McCarthy, everyone should just Google him. He was a gay video historian. Mm-hmm. A lot of his footage are it uh, was in um, uh, How to Survive a Plague. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a, an incredible he was, excuse me, an incredible, incredible, incredible human being. And he passed away a few years ago. I mean, I I think about him all the time. And, and so I think what's important about the Tim's Fund is encouraging anyone i mean because they 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 open it to anybody who is who is making an impact in any way that opens conversation to something that means a lot to to the lgbtq community Mm -hmm. and so it's like it could be filmmakers it could be writers it could be artists it could be anybody but they're doing something that they love and it's making an impact whether or not they think they're making an impact. And so I, it's, I mean, it's open to, I mean, yes, of course they look for people, but sometimes people are being asked to submit and they're like, really me? And you're <laughs> like, yeah, you don't realize the impact that you have on your community or the, the or our community at large. But, um, girl, I, I mean, you should be up for the Tim's fun. I got it. You need to apply because you, you've been keeping it real with these podcasts. I don't know. I mean, there's always a little coin in it from something to help you expand. I mean, listen, I'm never going to turn away Tim. So if, <laughs> if he comes knocking on my door, I'll, I'll certainly let him in. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, <clears throat> um, uh, uh, we, well, he passed away. So yeah, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> he's not, I mean, girl, if he knocks on your door, then I will come then in. Then you come talk. <laughs> and I will say, Tim, he'll be like, oh, what? Um, uh, <laughs> but yes. So, yeah, I, I think um, it, it's one of those things where I, I like to stick. I, I would say the paranormal is it can't be political. Like, I hate it. I mean, yeah. we have a lot of people of different walks of life that are into the paranormal, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I think what separates us from anything is when you realize that we all go to the same place, we all meet the same demise, we all have a fascination with it. It's this weird thing that brings us all together. We have not done an event in the past year, clearly. Like we've right. not done any conventions or cons or whatever. But when you go to something like that, you are meeting thousands of people and no, not one person God, unless they're wearing a Trump hat, not one, <laughs> but like not one person is spouting their political beliefs or right. trying to tell you you're wrong about what you feel. They are literally just being like, let's talk about ghosts. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's such it's such this it's such a weird dichotomy. I mean, I think it's changed a lot, I will say, mm-hmm. in the past. And I don't know what the next event will look like because <laughs> we've gone through some t- her uh, terrible tormentual says time. <laughs> and, you know, we all make comments, you know, and people see those comments and maybe they're like, I'm not going to go over to their table anymore. And that's mm-hmm. fine with me, right? Because I don't, right. we're not, in, I'm not in it for you to like me based on what I, if that's what keeps you away, cool. But I'll talk to you about ghosts, you know? But if you tell me stupid ass QAnon theories, I'm going to <laughs> literally tell you to take many seats. And that's on fact. And I'll just be like, you need to sit many times over that way, you know, and I don't care. Right. So, uh, but I think what's, what's interesting is 
the political aspect doesn't really get into the paranormal because we all have this sort of demise and there's this we- demise demise, demise. <laughs> uh, we all have this you know it's the one thing we all have in common no matter what your race creed political orientation is whatever you will be dust right remember that and so i think there's this weird thing that's like let's talk about that are, are you sure like there are i mean there are you know a lot of uh, Christian, heavy Christian believers that are like, you're talking to the demons, you're talking to the devil, this is mm-hmm. wrong, blah, blah, blah. That's their thing, right? Cool, think that. Um, but then there's a lot of people who are like, I lost my dad and he, I feel like he's here. Or I'm terminally ill and I'm, I only have weeks to go. How do I communicate when I go? Well, I've gotten that question. And mm. those are like, I, I don't know. I mean, if we knew... If we wouldn't we knew, be doing these investigations. It's easier, <laughs> right? You know, and I there's a part of me that thinks I feel like one day we're gonna ha- know. Um, but then there's a part of me that's like, well, maybe the maybe the whole gig is you know you try to get to the bottom of it and then you die and then you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, you know I, I, it's it's such a weird it's such a weird thing. Have we gotten too deep? Are we really? No, deep? I actually I love this. It 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 brings up a lot of stuff I did actually want to talk to you about. But like something that I've never talked to anyone about, and I don't even yeah. actually think I've talked to you about this, which is probably I tell you if I'm going too far. But our grandmother, <laughs> <laughs> our grandmother passed away a, a, about a decade ago. Um, and she she died from lung cancer. And I know she had a lot of regrets about smoking her entire life. And I remember one day when she was sick, uh, I had gone to her house because she she didn't live far from us. And I was sitting on her bed while she was sitting at her computer. She loved to play. Uh, what was it? Pogo? No, that was Nanny. She, Nanny loves play, she liked to play like the Facebook games. Yeah, she played like like Snood oh. and, and all that shit. Yeah. And she was like playing gains on the computer and I was just like sitting on her bed talking to her and she kind of had this like moment of very like it was a very intense sincerity and she was like you know I'm a little afraid to die and she was always Mm -hmm. a very Christian believer Um, Mm -hmm. and she was like I'm a little afraid to die and it's like first of all a very like staggering thing for someone who's like your grandmother to say to you because it's like this is someone I revere and I always go to for advice and it's in the moment she was kind of having a moment with me where she was being very honest about something and I I didn't know exactly what to say but I, I remember saying to her I was like Mima you know I don't have an answer but I was like the only comfort I can give you is like we're all gonna do it you know so Whatever happens, take comfort in knowing that I'll do it too one day and maybe I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's that's why I think religion, um, religion is, is such a um, pillow for that kind mm-hmm. of information because you, you uh, religion is is a belief system. You believe certain things based on what you are t- taught and what you think is right in your mm-hmm. You feel like, you know, you feel that I believe this and I'm going, this is, I believe that this is happening. And I think that's, you know, we can get into a whole religious discussion, but (laughs) right. But I think that's one of the things that people hold on to in religion. It gives them a structure and a, 
a belief system as to knowing what the outcome is. Mm -hmm. But truthfully, we don't know what right. that outcome is. And, you know, I, even me, people are always like, well, you do this for a living. Are you scared? Like, what, what are your thoughts? And I don't, it's a really touchy subject. I don't know what my thoughts are because the more I do this, the less I know. I mean, yes, we get responses where we say, "Is what is your name? And they tell us their name. And then we get responses based on factual information and history. Like, oh, you had six kids, right? And they'd be like, five. Oh, you're right. You had five kids, not six, right? We were trying to trick you. It's like mm -hmm. a control question. Something knows that. Is the person on the other end of this conversation actually this person? Or is it the energy of this person embedded in the space because energy and matter is never destroyed nor created? So when mm -hmm. you die, it goes somewhere. Right, exactly. Are they able to come from heaven and like kiki with you for a little bit? <laughs> you know, what is it? Like what in the actual fuck is it? <laughs> And so in that way, it makes you a little less uncertain. You're like, well, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is all, maybe it's an encompassing, maybe it's all of this, you know? Right. And if you believe in reincarnation, it's like, how long am I conscious and before I'm reincarnated? And when, when I'm reincarnated, I lose all consciousness of mm -hmm. my previous existence. It's like, girl, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this it's gets, crazy. Yeah, but this it's, it's runs scary, down it's a scary, scary road. It's a scary, scary, scary thing. And I think... I think when we deal with a lot of families specifically dealing with unfinished business, like people who are like, I had a huge argument blowout with her and then she died in a car crash mm -hmm. and she's, I've never got that closure. And I think she's here. It's like, that's a whole thing too. It's like, I, it's guilt. It's, it's, it's not being, I have guilt with Tim McCarthy. Like, I mean, I didn't, I saw him. I think I talked to him on the phone the Thursday before he he passed away and then he passed away suddenly and there it is. Mm -hmm. There it is. Gone. And I have the means to try to communicate with him. Have I tried? No, because <laughs> I I'm afraid to get that response. Right. And when and I to get not understand it, to not know if it's if it's what you're expecting. Right. And but if he were to communicate with me, would I then be addicted in talking to him? Mm. Would I then be addicted in trying to communicate with him, right? That's mm. why I've never asked Chip Coffey, who's a psychic medium that we work with on the show, I've never asked him to read my grandmother and mm -hmm. have my grandmother talk to me because I'm afraid of what he's going to say or what's going to be talked about because will I be addicted to reaching out to them? You know, at that moment, I can help you all day, you're long, all day long, because I have a separation between my family, and your family. I mm -hmm. empathize with you. I sympathize with your situation and I can try to help you understand it. But when it comes to my own personal family and my things, it's like, do I want that? I don't right. I don't know. It's it's so weird. It reminds me a lot of uh, what especially what you're saying reminds me a lot of last week. We did an episode on the Mothman uh, as a yeah. general cryptid. Yeah. But I watched after we did the episode, I was like, you know what? It's been so long since I watched the Mothman prophecies. I'm going to watch this movie. And I was watching it. And there's the scene where Richard Gere hears that he's going to get a call from his wife at, on Friday at noon. And so he's sitting and waiting by the phone. But his new, I don't want to say girlfriend, his new friend that he meets in uh, Point Pleasant calls him and is like, John, you know, that's not her. 
you're attached to something and you're expecting something, but you know it's not her. You're attached mm. to this other thing that you're not addicted to, but something in that sense. Yeah. And it's it's that same kind of idea. I think what you're speaking about, it's like, I can try to reach out to these people. I can keep trying to relive this thing with them. But at the end of the right. day, it's just this emotional connection I'm having that I want to have again. And right. is that fair to me to kind of keep myself stuck in that? Yeah, especially with especially with as much as we think we know mm -hmm. and then are surprised by things all the time. Like, I don't want something new to pop up. <laughs> right? Because then I'll be like, oh, no, this is not okay. Like, this is yeah. not okay. Because you don't want to find out your grandma was a dominatrix. That's not something you need all these Girl, years later. I think she was. Perfectly honest. Um, but I, yeah, it's just like, I don't, uh, you know, I always say there's a time and a place, right? And if it were, if it needs to happen, it'll happen on its own, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm in, I mean, I've investigated things Actually, we were investigating in Gettysburg at the Farnsworth house the day that Tim passed away. And there was a moment in the investigation, which was not on television, of course, but that I thought he was coming through and talking. Mm. And I acknowledged it to myself and then ignored it because. A, not the time and the place, Tim, get it. I mean, your time is terrible. <laughs> I'm working. Come on. <laughs> but B, I literally think it was my drive because I had just found out that he passed away moments before we went back to investigate. Mm -hmm. And so it was me being in a place of sadness, but pushing through because we have work to do. Right. And wanting that last moment with him and then hearing responses that are very familiar to me that are based on him. And, and it's looking in it too much. Is it him? Am I just reading this, reading into this? If it's him, this isn't the time and place. Kiki for a second. I'll see you. I'll see you soon. Like if you're mm -hmm. doing this already, you're, you're going to be doing it at some point. So we've gotten, I mean, we both have, both Amy and I have gotten people coming through in our investigations that are connected to us in a weird way and Chip's picked up on it. But I always say it'll happen when it happens. And that's why I've never asked Mr. Coffee to be like, hey, tell me about my, tell, I got, here's my grandmother. Can you connect mm -hmm. with her? I've never actually asked him because I was I felt like if if she needs to she'll do it on her own like it's not it's not for me to say right how did Chip become involved in Kindred Spirits so I met coffee Chip coffee uh <laughs> no, I mean Amy's been friends with him for over 10 years and mm -hmm. I, I met him I think 10 years ago so we've all been really 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 good friends and on Kindred Spirits we from the beginning wanted to do an investigation that was real true to life, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't pretend to know everything. We we don't, we just do not know everything. We know a bunch of things, a lot of it is theory. And when we need an expert or an advice on any kind of topic, our goal is to find the person who is the expert and interview them and get our answers that way. We mm -hmm. don't pretend to know everything. So we, with Chip, we were like, you know what? Let's call, let's like, call chip let's see if we can bring chip on this case because this case is very hard it's interesting and let's use him as a quote-unquote tool mm -hmm. to see what he says so he has no idea where we're going he's dropped out he, he of course he knows what hotel he's staying in so he might know the town if the hotel's <laughs> in that town but he has no idea where we're going he's dropped off at a walmart 
the PA picks him up. Thank God he trusts us. And we take down, <laughs> right? Been kidnapped. So we take down all identifying pictures and anything that might give him any kind of read or clues or whatever. And not that we don't trust him. We just want it to be a blank slate. Hmm. He comes in and then he talks about just what he's getting. And we take that information and some of it matches up to things we already know. And some of it we have no idea. And if we can't verify it with factual information, we throw it out. But he helps us put us in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. And then I think season four, we were like, you know what? It's interesting. Let's let's have him on every case just to give us kind of a an idea of what he thinks. Um, but we don't necessarily, I mean, like, obviously he says some, he says a lot of things and we don't use all of it, right? Mm -hmm. I think the, one of the best seasons that showcases him, I mean, I love season four and I know you said you watched season four because Paramount is such a great season, but season three and season five for me, the new season, are though those two seasons for me are exactly what we thought and hoped Kindred could be. And I know, you know, Chip will come in and he'll say certain things and like, He's so fucking crazy, yo. He like, I am shocked. <laughs> and in season three, you'll see us trying not to react. And then in season five, because he couldn't travel due to, you know, coronavirus and right. his doctor's like, you can't travel. He does remote viewing and, and readings online. So we'll show him a space. He'll connect with our energy and sort of pick up on these things. It's even more insane, right? And people are like, we love your reactions on season five when Chip tells you something. I'm like, yeah, don't get used to it because – we have to play Cole like a stone faced. Yeah. <laughs> when he's in front of us. But when he's on a phone and Amy's looking at it and I'm behind it, I can like wave flags, light things on fire, like throw cats. <laughs> I can do it all um, to react. But I mean, that's how we got him involved. And and we 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 use him as uh, someone who can connect in a different way to what we're trying to uh experience and communicate with mm -hmm. and as long as this stuff matches up with actual factual information right and things we already know then we're good to go we won't ever base an entire case solely on what he says right uh but there are times we're in a pickle and he's like have you looked at this yet and we're like no and we look at it and that's what it is huh so uh god love chip you know the two gays in the paranormal worlds here <laughs> paranormal television world yeah it's like, um just holding it together. We're, we call each other ma'am. We're like, ma'am. <laughs> and two Southern gays. That's the I'm best part. <laughs> Isn't he Southern? Yeah. He just like, he grew up in Elmira, New York. He'll tell you, but he just lives in Atlanta, Georgia. And exactly. He, you know, Atlanta, he lives in Atlanta, Georgia now. It's so funny to me. He's so funny to me sometimes. Chip is, I, I was very lucky. The day I met you and Ben, Chip was also there. It was at Paranormal Pride in Asbury Park, New Jersey through Kathy Kelly. And mm -hmm. Chip is one of those people. He is very kind, very sweet. Um, but he has a very commanding presence. He is, uh -huh. he is a very intense person. And I remember the first time I spoke to him, I was performing I was doing my show at the Paranormal Museum and Yes, uh, girl. Which was a crazy fucking day girl, anyway. I that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> a whole other podcast. It was so good. It was literally the highlight of the weekend for me. It was so it was like it was so crazy. There was like all kinds of technical issues and like 
things went wrong. And so finally it got to a point where I was like, that is the one and only show I've ever done where I was like, you know what? Just run my music through the PA and I'm going to sing no microphone. I, like all yep. my musical theater training was yep. like <laughs> on, yep. on the spot. But Chip was in the, sh in the show and I love during my show to like talk to people in the mm. audience and Chip was there and I remember my my most distinct memory of meeting Chip was like talking to him in the crowd because I didn't know who he was at the time. And I, I said, oh, what's your name? And he was like, oh, I'm Chip Coffee. And I was like, oh, and I was like, what do you do for a living? Like, of course, doing the like shitty drag queen banter. And yeah. he was like, I'm a psychic medium. And I was like, really? And he was like, he was like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, huh, well, what does my future hold? Like trying to set myself up for a joke. And he was like, oh. I see some things. And I was like, I was like, like what? And he, yeah. he was like, I'll talk to you after the show. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I just got a reading on stage. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He does. Listen, he has done. Okay. I have one chip coffee story that, that will steal the deal. And so I, he met us and like, he loved us. Like, of course, like he's like Papa Chip, like mm -hmm. ma'am, Ch granny Chip, grandma granny Chip, Chip, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> And he came to our wedding like Chip's been like he's been around. He's been with us for years. But one of the things he said when we were living in New York in the in we were living in the Heights and we would walk our dogs all the time. And he was doing a gallery reading at an event once. And he was like, Adam Barry, Adam Barry. And I was like, yeah. Like, don't want to hear that. He was like, listen, there's going to be another dog. There's going to be another dog. You have two. I was like, yeah, he's like, there's going to be another dog. And one of you. It's going to be like, yep. And then one of you is going to be like, nope, absolutely not. And it's going to happen. He's like, I don't know how it's going to happen, but there's going to be another dog. And I was like, oh, OK. And of course, I'm the no. I'm like, we live in an apartment in Manhattan. We do not need another dog. I'm yeah. not doing <laughs> a week later, two weeks later, I got a call from Cheetos uh, uh, where we got Cheeto because we adopted him from a family in Wisconsin. And they were like. We need uh, Cheeto's mom needs to be rehomed because we just don't have enough space anymore. And we're wondering if you are going to be in the area, if you wanted to rehome her with you. And I was like, that's really sad. Her, the dog's name was Taco. Oh. Um, Taco Bell. Sorry, Taco Bell. <laughs> and they were like, you know, if you wanted to, we could like if you're coming up this winter, like maybe. And I was like, no, no. I was like, no, we don't. We can't have a third dog. And um, and that dog got hit by a car and died. The following. the following like two days later okay so wait not two, not two days later but like a, a month or two later like literally that dog died and we didn't go get that dog and i was like oh fuck is this like what is happening right now and then i was like that can't be that shit was that it was that the third dog we were supposed to take and then i fucked it up and now the dog is dead <laughs> <laughs> and then like a couple months later we're walking our dogs in like uh, under the george washington bridge that little park area mm -hmm. there and by the red lighthouse. Yeah. And this girl says, oh, my God, you guys are so good with your chihuahuas. I have a friend who has uh, a chihuahua that needs a new home. Are you interested? I was like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked away so fast. But that happened twice. And I told Chip and he was like, well, I told you there's going to be a third dog in that, you know. <laughs> Somewhere in the spirit realm, Chip Coffee is just directing every chihuahua in the United States yeah. towards you guys. <laughs> yeah, if I were to, like, right now, if I open the front door, it'll be a pack of wild chihuahuas. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, shivering in the snow, being like, please. Please, <laughs> 
Now I know you you uh you have to go soon, so I, I have a oh, couple of fine, questions. Girl, we're fine. We're Are you fine. sure? Because I, I don't want to keep you longer than you want to, but I'm I mean, having like a... we're not doing it all night, but I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I do have a few more things I want to I want to get Please. to. You Let's had mentioned earlier that you and Amy have had a couple of experiences where personal things kind of ended up I don't want to say interfering, but kind of interjecting themselves right. into an investigation. Are there any that stick out to you that you were like you were just not expecting at the time? Um um I mean, uh not Okay, so not like someone uh I mean the Tim McCarthy thing would probably mm-hmm. be the, the be the one, one that, yeah. with the most shocking one, but there was an experience that that was very personal to me that a lot of people listening will know about that mm-hmm. I didn't know about. So, uh when I was on Ghost Hunters, we investigated the Gemini Fire Lounge fire in Oh um, yeah. Um and uh I the we were in New Orleans and I knew that we were investigating some sort of like bar something right I didn't really know much about it and um my one of the producers was like uh you know we're doing the Gemini Gemini Lounge fire tomorrow and I was like I I don't know what that is <laughs> I don't know what that is <laughs> and they were like oh it was at the time it was the uh, biggest hate crime disaster where someone lit so there was a, a bar upstairs. Mm-hmm. There was a club lounge, upstairs lounge uh, that was LGBTQ friendly in the 70s, I yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, they have a church. They had a church up there, actually. They, were, had, they had church that day and there was a big group of people and somebody was very disgruntled. And it turned out to be a member of the own, their community, a hustler or some guy. Um, and he put a Molotov cocktail in the stairwell, lit it on fire. And a lot of them didn't get out alive. And mm-hmm. it was the biggest hate crime of the, of the time. And they all died. Uh, not, they didn't all, my husband was like, they all died. I'm like, no, they, didn't all die. <laughs> they didn't all die. No, there were people. It's the, one of the saddest stories. If you don't know what it is, please look it up because it is our, it is our history as mm-hmm. a community. Um, you know, there was a mother and son huddled, found huddled under their piano together. There was the pre, the minister was hanging out the window. They didn't even cover up his body because they they just didn't care. And people said, people who got out were like, that guy's the one who did it. That is the one who did it. And the cops looked the other way. Mm -hmm. The bodies weren't collected and claimed by the family members. Anyway, I found out the day before we were doing this case that that was the case we were doing. Mm -hmm. And so I spent the entire night reading a book and i i will i'm going to say the name of the book no one's offended it's literally the name of the book it is it's called let the uh, faggots burn mm-hmm. it is a book written about the accounts from people who were around and i read that whole book all night long i stayed up and i think that was the most surprised i was ever about a case and not having any warning and so having to open up on being filmed on television. I mean, yeah, I was gay on social media. I was gay in my own life, but there's not a reason, you know, I just, I don't just walk in. I'm gay. Where I, <laughs> like, you don't wear the me. sticker on your forehead that we gave you. No, and I, <laughs> I, I don't wear armbands or harnesses. I just, <laughs> not when I'm investigating. So I, so it was one of those things where I 
had I didn't care. Obviously, I'm going to talk about what I'm going to talk about. And I would had to explain at the time Obama was president and I could talk about what year it was and gay marriage was legal and that they didn't have to hide anymore. And like, please talk to me. But I was the only one out of the entire group that could do this kind of thing. And mm. yes, Amy investigated with me and that showed her support. It was like because we all had we've all had, um, you know, that girl that's with us that's like looking out for us and like doesn't care. And so they uh, of course they understood that. Mm -hmm. And it was like. That was the one of the biggest cases that I've ever done where I've had to open myself up publicly because it served a purpose. Right. There was I would never do it if it. I mean, it, I would do it if it caused. If it was the purpose, like if, they, if that was the purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've investigated Lizzie Borden many times. And when we bring up her lesbian relationship, she stops talking to us. But mm. that's a telltale thing. It's like she doesn't want to talk about that. And maybe that is true, but that's none of your business, right? So right. we don't talk about it with her, but we bring it up. And so it's case by case basis. And I think that was the biggest thing that I ever did where uh, I felt like I was surprised by the case, didn't know it was happening. And I had no choice and had to do what I needed to do. And for spoiler alert, for those that have not seen that case mm -hmm. uh, on Ghost Hunters, we actually came to the conclusion. We thought that it was the person that actually committed the crime. That was the one that was there hmm. uh, and not somebody who had died there. Like they weren't trapped there. Yeah. It was somebody who actually we thought it was somebody who actually, you know what? That's a great case to do for Kindred well, now that I'm thinking died. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, and, you know, the guy who the guy who told who did it actually apparently he had he got diagnosed with a brain tumor or something and later in life. And then he, he committed suicide. Uh, committed suicide is not the word you use anymore. You uh I forget. They, there's a different word that it was like health anyway. assisted suicide or no, health no, no, assisted. He, like, he killed himself, but like I don't oh. think you're supposed to say killed himself. It. Um, oh, he he died from suicide, or he died from died by suicide. Died yes, by suicide. suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, so for anyone's listening, I'm sorry. Um, but they uh, died by you know he died by suicide, and I, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that believe you sort of have to pay your, you know, you have to pay your dues before mm -hmm. you're able to like sort of cross over and. It makes sense that he could be there. But I just now I'm now thinking like that would be a really great case for Kindred because at the time we weren't we weren't in a space to sort of dig, dig, really dig deep into that hmm. location. Maybe we'll go back. Maybe well, we'll if go you back. go back, you should take a, a, a pagan drag queen with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, I'd, I'd love Actually, to make chat. Sure, just make sure you're doing some gig down there. Yeah. The I'll tell you the date. I'll tell you the date. And then you a gig. Dark lady in the <laughs> Yeah, I come over with my Sherwick. Um, that's, it's so funny because I was going to ask you, you know, if there were cases that had personally affected you. Are there any that like... Are there any that really kind of scared you like you were you were afraid by what you found or maybe even haunted by what you found? Um, my husband is the Johnny Carson had what's the other <laughs> don't oh, about his uh, you're thinking of um, what's his name? The piano. The Johnny Carson, like Rosie has John McD that would yeah. comment. <laughs> Ellen has Ben is literally, you'll hear it on this mic that I'm wearing. He is literally commenting. The Stanley, but that would be the Stanley, the Stanley. Yes, the Stanley. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. You know what? I would not trade I would not trade it for anything. Um, 
The Schaefer. What's his name? Schaefer. Something Schaefer. Well, yeah, Paul Schaefer. Paul and Schaefer. David yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 not James. James Gordon does not have. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Andy and Conan O'Brien. Oh God! Oh my God! Offset. Oh my um, I would say okay. So uh, cases that sort of uh, I was scared. I mean, there's there's many ways to think about this question. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a I don't answer anything very quickly, so I apologize. But no, that's the fine. um uh we aren't afraid of ghosts, right? Mm. We're not afraid of ghosts. Like that's that's never going to be a thing because we are putting ourselves in a position to actively look for. Right. Something <laughs> you can't be afraid of what you're doing. It's uh, but I think we get more afraid when we don't understand why something is happening. Mm. Um, you know, Waverly Hills, we were connecting with somebody, the full blown, full body apparition. This is season three, full mm -hmm. body apparition pops in front of us, goes away. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen, Amy. Is it's, that's one of the things she does not like, like seeing a body that doesn't exist or like hearing a disembodied voice where a mouth should be mm -hmm. is terrifying to her. And at the time, we both saw it. We both acknowledged it. And it's like, I don't want to see that again. I don't want to see that again. I wasn't right. prepared for that. It was really shocking. I don't understand why it's happening. Or like in season five, when we were investigating, uh, this episode has already aired. It's called Zombie Boy, and I'm trying. I'm not going to give too much away if you haven't watched it. But um, there's this thing called tulpas or uh, agregores, which is uh, the creation of an energy or an entity by you as a person mm -hmm. that never exists. The Philip experiment is a big example of that, where mm. they created attributes for a ghost. They put it on paper. They went to a place that wasn't haunted. They talked out loud about these attributes. And sure enough, the ghost showed up, right? They huh. created this ghost, an aggregore, Tulpa. And so it the case deals with that kind of scenario and situation. And we at, at one point, we were able to manipulate that entity and its thoughts by infusing our own uh, scenarios and beliefs and saying, you are this. You do this. This is what happened to you. This is what it is. And then in turn, turn around and investigate again and get those responses from it. How old were you? Blah. Yeah, because we said you were that old. And it was a creation of this energy because it doesn't exist. Huh. It's just from a bunch of people going into a space and saying, this is what's here. This is what's here. This is what's here. Yeah. And then it shows up, you know, it's so fucked up. And so that's <laughs> That's scary because then are we saying like when we investigate now, are you projecting have, something? Right. We have to take that into consideration. We have to go, is this this spirit or is this something created by other people or are we wanting it to be that so bad mm. that it talks to us? And, you know, that would mean this is going to and I'm going to put it in respect for people who maybe don't watch paranormal shows, but that would mean Santa Claus is real. <laughs> because like and in a way yeah, because yeah. believes children millions of children believe that this this man with a beard goes down the chimney and gives you the gifts what's to say i mean yes i mean santa claus is real so if there's anybody listening yeah i don't want to no. <laughs> but like 
he's real. He it, real like the you right. know the, like these things are being put into the universe, and uh, what's to say they aren't real because we can manipulate that kind of intention and scenario. Those things are fucked up for me because it's like that's a lot of power and knowledge to know and to put mm. out there and expect other people to follow the rules with that kind of knowledge and information. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, cause that was going to be my follow-up. I was going to say, do you think there are a lot of instances of amateur investigators where they have created energy where there wasn't one before? Yeah. Yes. Hands down. Yes. Like Belvoir winery, our first episode of season three, we love Jesse and Melissa own this winery. We're really good friends with them. They were like, something has changed in this space and we don't know what it is. And come to find out it was something that was created by people going into this abandoned space and saying something is negative here. Something is dark here. Something is weird here. Something mm. is bad here. It's demonic. It's this. It's black. It's it's a creepy and it was that it became that. And it's we started asking what its name was. And it said, my name is uh, like Chip's real. Can I say Chip's real name on television? I mean, yeah, it's Richard. Yeah, it's Richard. Yeah. I hope he I hope he doesn't care. But anyway, <laughs> but it said its name. It said his name is Richard. And Chip's like, that's my name. And the reason why it said that, because it doesn't know what its name is. It has huh. it has no name. It doesn't exist. It was it was playing off of our fears. Like it talked in Amy's ear because she said out loud, disembodied voices are one of the scariest things for me. Lo and behold, ba ba ba, disembodied voice. We started doing that a kind of experiment, being like, I hate this. And it would do it because it knew what your fear was, and then it could mess with you because that's what everyone said it did, right? Huh. That to me is so mind blowing. And like Kathy Kelly, let's we should do a three way phone right now because she would talk about <laughs> it. And you know, it, it, it's just a it's a whole nother a whole nother thing. But like that, those kind of things are scary to me because that's a lot of power and things that you you don't know if it falls into the wrong hands what what would be who what capability that has like i don't know what that is you know and, and you, well yeah. there's ways. I'll, I'll just finish there there are ways to combat that right there are ways mm -hmm. to like counteract that like we right. can get rid of it and as if you watch the episode you'll see the steps that we say well this is what you should be doing in order for that not to happen anymore um so there's ways to negate that but like if you don't if you are being asked to come uh, to a place and they go, this is the craziest demonic ass crazy activity. You need to be careful. It could be a trap. It's like they could just be doing it on purpose, setting it up for you, mm. putting it in the space collectively just to get, you know what I'm saying? Just to get you to see what you'll do with it. It's so right. It's such a strange thing because I, I mean, there have been plenty of instances where I, I mean, I, I say all the time, I have the most like, vivid bizarre imagination and so i'm sure that like in my lifetime i have put things out there that just like were not there um and and it's so interesting i had never thought about the that idea and even in the science of like well is thought energy can you project energy out into the into the universe and that's why i think paranormal investigation is so interesting because as kathy said when she was on the sh the show I, she specifically doesn't say, um, 
what was the word she used? She doesn't say supernatural. Supernatural. She says paranormal because it's right. it's not that it is beyond the realm of reality. It is beyond the realm of our understanding. And right. that's why paranormal makes more sense. It's such a it's such a strange thing. It makes me wonder what we'll come to learn in a hundred years or five hundred years that unfortunately we won't be here to to necessarily learn, but maybe we will. <laughs> If there are enough serums, it's like now a warning. Um, I just watched that the other night. I love that movie. It's, it's one of my favorite movies in the movie. I can't. It's my favorite movie in the movie. It needs to be Ben's like it needs to be a musical, and it's so totally true. Um, yeah, I I think um, uh, I think there's a lot that I think there's a lot that we don't know, uh, and I think that's okay, and I think that's why we continue to do what we do. We mm -hmm. dig as much as we can and we try not to go down a rabbit hole too much and hold our sanity and we you know we just explain what our theories are and why we think something is what it is i love that okay so i'm gonna let you run but before i do i have a couple of quick fire questions for ready you. okay so we have a couple of listener questions from our patrons on patreon um, right. Melissa has a couple. Melissa loves, she is one of the most inquisitive people. I love it. She has a couple of questions and she said, uh, what is the thing about 3am and spirits? Okay. So this came out of, uh, this is not a real thing. So this is not a real thing. <laughs> Dead time uh, was created. Uh, you know, I, 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 first time I ever heard it was on a television show, so I can't give it too much credit. Mm -hmm. I think, I think 3 a.m. is a time when people, if you are awake at that time and not doing blow or and or drinking, <laughs> you know, in your natural state, I think the world is a bit more heightened at that time because mm. there are less cars, less traffic, less sound. There's more for you to look at and see. I think any time period that you think is spooky can be uh, can be a time. Ghosts do not wait for the night. They talk to you mm -hmm. during the day. They try to interact with you. You may not notice them because your children are homeschooling and people are going crazy, but they're still there. And I think 3 a.m. is a cool, spooky number to pick and a yeah. time to pick. But I don't it, it doesn't. It's not a thing. It's, it's desolate. Thing. 3 a.m. Yeah. is desolate. <laughs> it's desolate. Right. Go to sleep. It'll be the same. <laughs> She also asked, and I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. What yeah. tools are best to use for paranormal investigations? Ooh. Uh, so to, if I could have any piece of equipment, I would probably take a recorder mm -hmm. or a video camera. And we are fortunate to have smartphones. So they do this. They do both. Right. Mm -hmm. So especially these new like low light recordings and stuff like I think a recorder is very important because it documents not only is it documenting what you're doing and what you're saying and you have proof that you said what you said, mm -hmm. but it also picks up voices and I think you get more responses. So if you're going to take like Tamisha Iman, you said what you said. I said <laughs> what I said. God love her. Oh my God. There was a video off topic, but there was a video of her today from 1989 doing a disco number at a club. Unbelievable. The book. I'm sure. <laughs> I think she posted it. Like I was like, "Girl, stop! You <laughs> unstoppable." Um, and what was what was your second object? You said, uh, "Oh, a recorder or video camera." And your okay. phone does both. So, so your recorder, or video camera, and your phone does both. And 
I think I think having your phone is is a good thing. If you if you can turn it on airplane mode, that's best. And just do some EVP work. It's the mm-hmm. easiest thing. Um, have you ever had a haunted object? Has a ghost ever attached itself to you? Good question. Um, yes. Um, as I look around the room, uh, <laughs> it's weird. I keep seeing this like, man in my house. He's tall yeah, and has dark okay. hair and he keeps telling me to clean up after the dogs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, you know, telling me what to do and he has a ring and I have a ring. I don't know. Um, so I think, uh, yes. Okay. It's weird that this is coming. I never, I don't know if any of these ha- objects are haunted, but there's a reason why I have each of these objects and it was not my choice to have them. Right. Uh, <laughs> So, yes, I would say uh, some of these objects are haunted. I have in the corner here that I I don't know how to display. And Kathy Kelly will tell you about it next time you talk to her privately. But I have a piece of paper that's about uh, uh, three inches by five inches that is from the minister of the Salem witch trials. And it is he is handwritten note from 16 something in a book about the Salem witch trials that I got at an auction and Kathy was with me the night that I won this item, and it is one of a kind. It's incredible, and I think there's some weird shit around it, mm. but it's sitting over here by itself in a FedEx box because I refused. Well, A, I'm gay. I'm going to display it real good. With yeah. some... <laughs> okay, and B, it's safe in that box. Yeah. So there's nothing attached to it. It can come out when I have a house bigger, bigger than this apartment in, in Provincetown. Okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yes. Uh, and then attachments are weird because I don't think I've ever had like attachments are people automatically think attachments meaning you're possessed. Like there's something mm-hmm. attached to you and with you. That to me is a different thing. Uh, so an attachment to me is anything that sort of like is with you at a time and maybe it's not with you at another time. We've had things follow us home uh, from cases and it's it is something that is unavoidable. People are like, how do you avoid it? I'm like, you can always say, do not follow me home. You're not welcome stay here if, if you're investigating. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time that rule stands and they don't come with you. But if they do, that's the nature of the beast. Like you are putting yourself in a position to talk to them. And if they are interested in you as any normal, alive, intelligent human being, and they're not done talking to you, uh, <laughs> they are going to may possibly come with you because I we feel theoretically that spirits can travel wherever they want, you know? Amy's had, you know, young children come home with her because they know that she's a mom or I've had, you know, I like to say nothing ever comes home with me. But then I get damn texts at 2 a.m. when I'm working and Ben's like, what the fuck is in the house right now? (laughs) Now I got a lot. He's like lighting sage and like spraying our like. Holy water and cauldron and like doing all of our the magic. He's like, I'm trying to invoke some shit right now. What's happening? <laughs> you come home and Ben's in the living room like Elikanam and Nam and He's like, ah! you know, <laughs> half naked, tied up with a dead chick. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like. It, it is what it is. I said what I said. It exactly. is what it is. Like if it if it happens, it happens, and it has been known to happen. And you just sort of have to say thank you. I appreciate you your your time. You can go now. Please leave me alone. Mm. Like, you know, or you set boundaries, which is big. If you think your house is haunted, just set boundaries. Right. 
That that actually kind of leads to a question that one of our other listeners sent in. Her name is Emily. Um, Emily said, and I think you kind of answered it. The, uh, do you believe that ghosts or non-human entities can attach to objects or people? Or do you think that they tend to attach to the places and buildings? Um, I think it's either or. I mm-hmm. think, uh, uh, I think it's a different circumstance. If it's buildings, it's because there's a reason for it. And those mm-hmm. reasons have tended to be like, I built an empire. I built this hotel. I worked here my entire life. I have a stake in whatever this is, if it's a building, right. Mm-hmm. Or it's familiar. And it's the only familiar place that I know. Cause it's old. Um, and then objects are usually things that have some sort of sentimentality to them, if you will, like a gramophone, letters, a necklace. Uh, you know, I have I have two uh, little Bibles over here. They're like uh, day Bibles. They're about mm-hmm. this big. They're from the 1800s. And, you know, one of them I found at a, an antique store. And I was like, oh, this is cool. It's a really cool, claspy, hard leather, small Bible from 1880. Um, and then I went to another antique store and found her mother's sitting on a shelf. And so the mother and daughters are together. That is not by coincidence. That's like, Oh wow. That has to be like, they're back together. They're together. They're the same Bible. They both have notes. They both have their names in it. It's like, and now it sits here. It's like, I feel like objects that, that have some sort of history and attachment, something that you would look at every day or read every day or hold every day or it, it, that energy that you have is also in, injected in that item. You are made of the same material, mm. you know, atoms. It's not destroyed nor created. If you get heated in an argument and you're wearing a necklace or if you die and you're wearing this necklace, that energy goes somewhere. That's why mm. people say this house is haunted. Like this room has this activity. What what happened in that room? Yeah, it's it's walking into a room when two people are arguing and you walk in and they have stopped arguing and you're like, uh, I feel it. Something about I feel the tension. I feel this thing. It's that same energy. And so what's to say that it can't be embedded in something, you know, that you you own and you don't know why, you know? Hmm. Emily had another follow up question. <laughs> she said, okay. have you played phasmophobia? And if so, how accurate is it? How accurate is it compared to your experiences? Actually, somebody said this. Did I see this on Twitter today? <laughs> Maybe. Somebody, I have not played that game. It's a PC game, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. I have not played that game. We, fun bro, bro gay bro story. Uh, <laughs> we got a PS5. And it's the first, like, console that we've ever, we've owned, you know, since the original PlayStation. And, like, yeah. <laughs> since we were, like, children. Because, you know, there's those years where you actually have to be an adult and, like, do something with your yeah. life. I mean, not that I, well, I take that back because people play. I don't want to offend anyone playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> my God, Adam just like shot it. I just like ate, put my foot in my mouth. Um, but I will say, uh, so we got this thing. And so I, I have not, I don't have a PC. And so I can't play the game. I've never played the game, but there was a game that I used to play called seventh guest. Hmm. Remember seventh guest. It was from 19. 19- Let's see. 1997, 98, 99. Uh, Seventh Guest was an amazing haunted PC game where you could go around and you could like solve riddles and puzzles and like be spooked and stuff. 
And I would say that game is sort of like uh, Paranormal Investigating. Because if you have any game that's like where you're solving a puzzle or a riddle and you're trying to figure out the pieces, right, to mm -hmm. come to a solution, that's just like investigating. I don't I can't speak for fan fan. What is it? Phantasma? Phantasma? Phasmophobia. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. like, is it Disney show? Phantasma? <laughs> I mean, at uh, MGM. Uh, I say MGM. It's Hollywood Studios. God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I would say if the game has like where you're solving puzzles, trying to figure out a solution, that's great. I, I don't I mean, I don't know anything beyond that. But Seventh Guest was one of those games I played. We play Phasmophobia a, a bit, especially yeah. with our with our siblings. And it is I mean, you do end up getting like hunted by the ghost and you can be like murdered. So that part is not realistic. You're like, ah! Yeah. yeah, but the crux of it is you are using things like EVP, you are using um, cameras, you're using, you're looking for ghost orbs, which I'm in in actuality not really a, a proponent of, but yeah. uh, but you are using legitimate um, things that are used in paranormal investigations. So I do, I I definitely think that there's something to what she was asking, uh, and I'll give her that. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I will say in a time of pandemic when you can't do anything it's better to have a virtual investigation than no investigation at all. So mm -hmm. you guys do you but I cannot encourage people enough to go out and you know investigate and really find a place that you can investigate or go on a ghost tour uh, strange-escapes.com is Amy's a company where you can come actually investigate with us. And it's more than that. It's like Friday night, we have a party and a ball. And then Saturday is all day lectures where you learn. Then you investigate Saturday night, rinse and repeat on Sunday. There's like lunches. You get to hang out with us. I mean, I would, I would suggest people getting out and doing those kind of things and learning, you know, uh, one-on-one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I love that. I love the idea of strange escapes. I would, yeah, I would want to really do cool. that one day. Would yeah, you do that? You, that sounds really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sam, so, that's the first word you've said the entire time. <laughs> I don't like to interrupt the flow. I also, I, Sam and I have talked about this so much. I was like, I know that I am very naturally like, I, I just like dig my heels in and I'm like, I'm going to be a host now. And Sam's like, I, I'm here too. Busy. Shut up. Sam. Sam, you're you're doing just fine. I think your watch parties are where you shine. Like it, it is. She's hysterical. I tell her all the time. So funny to me. It's like, do you ever watch? You guys, you two remind me of um, uh, that Sirius XM show that I used to listen to all the time. Um, uh, not Frank DeCaro. <laughs> I love Frank DeCaro. Frank DeCaro. I love Frank DeCaro. But it was the other one, the the late night. Uh, God, what were they called? Uh, uh, uh. uh Ah, uh, uh, Michelle. Um, something in Michelle. Uh, oh, I what's don't it called? Know it. <laughs> oh my God, what's Dory. it? Dorian? No, not Dory the Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, I don't know. There was a show on, Siri on Sirius uh, XM uh, that I used to watch, and it was so funny. And you two remind me. You have the same kind of. Yeah, you know, you're thought, much cooler, I'd say. But. Oh, thank you. I <laughs> thought you were going to say um, Dueling Divas with Seth Rudetsky and Christine oh, Petty. Oh, no, Christine Petty and him? I no. And you remind me of Christine Petty in a okay. lot of ways. Christine Petty is one of the funniest fucking people in oh, the God, world. Yeah. I it's love like, her. 
Sam, quick, do your impression of Burnett Peters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank uh, God, I don't have one. Wait, well, what? Oh, Ben is reminding me of something from the kitchen, as he does. Uh, uh, he just reminded me. Did you ever watch Flawless? Because no. he was like, you should watch Flawless. When did he say that? At when we were with uh, at the Asbury Park thing, we were like, I think I don't know how it came up, but the movie Flawless came up, and we were like, Have you seen it? And you were like, No, I haven't seen it. I'm gonna make a note of this right yeah. now. Um, you have to see it. You have to <laughs> see it. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, I wait. mean, here's the tea. Is that the one where he's a drag queen? Yeah. Yes, I have seen it. Okay. <laughs> at the time, you were like, I've not seen this movie. I don't know what you're talking about. We were like, no, you know, you should totally watch it. I don't know why we said you watch it. Maybe we were like, let's make a play or a movie yeah. and you'd be great in it. I think we were trying to cast you in something. But I feel like... <laughs> but I... um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know how, how much that would float in today's age, but it's, it's such a good movie. Yeah. The story, it kind of reads like all of the drag movies yeah. from the nineties where it's like, oh, it's a little God. bit dated, but yeah. his performance is, is very good. Although it, it, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like watching it. You're like, Oh, this is a very stereotypical yeah. drag yeah. queen uh, portrayal. Yeah. Listen, if, if James Gordon can do it in prom in 2021, <laughs> We're fine. And he gets did, nominated. We're fine. I mean, I thought James was, was fine. I was like, you know what? It's totally fine. I, did you I enjoy the it. movie in general? Um, so I saw it on Broadway and oh, I did. enjoyed I yeah, and I, I enjoyed the Broadway show more mm. because the Broadway show sort of clips it, like it's it goes at a nice clip, mm -hmm. you know? It gets where you need to go. The humor is there. It's the same idea. I liked the movie, uh, but I also, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a child of, of theater. And so my I, I, I prefer to see it on stage. Like I I have I'm good. You know, I, I prefer the rent on stage rather than the rent right. movie. Like I'm going to probably the only movie that I've ever seen where I was like, I like this was Mamma Mia. I mm -hmm. liked as a movie musical. It kind of worked. And uh, uh, Into the Woods in a way because i was like you got to see a little more of the the scene mm. the scenario as it will and as the you fantasy are, like, of it yeah and the fantasy because you don't get that on stage you get like a you get what it is right but i think most most shows i prefer on broadway but i liked prom i liked um i mean i liked it i liked it very good i'd love to see more of our broadway people who are making the roles and getting nominated for Tony Awards and winning the Tony Awards mm -hmm. to be up for a, their own fucking role in the show. Yeah. Like, I agree you know, with that 100%. I would love to see that kind of change because if you're putting it on if you're putting it on Netflix, who you, people are going to watch it no matter what. You don't have to put butts in seats. They can press play, you know? Right. So I hope there's sort of a changeover and and people, you know, can see that like Broadway people can sell. That's what originals. Yeah. I would Dear love Evan to Hansen. see that. Like yeah, well, I mean, they're making Dear Evan Hansen a movie, and I'm like, mm -hmm. yes, they're using what's his name, uh, ben, uh, Platt. ben Platt. Yeah. Now, I think he's 40 now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I think he's 40, but he's playing it. But thank God yeah. he's playing it. He originated the role, and he's sort of made a name for himself in uh, in. Uh, the movie in like the, the politician, you know, and mm -hmm. doing something where he justifies being the lead in his own show that he wrote. That should not be the case. Yeah. Like, 
that and that's what's kind of funny to me about it when i because i love movie musicals but i like the golden age musicals where it's like people who were actively involved in musical theater were in these movies you know you get you get people like fred astaire and gene kelly and judy garland yeah they were stars in in all the ways you could be a star and that's why i kind of like the tv musicals they do Mm -hmm. more so because those Broadway people are in those shows. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, some of them are not good at all. But like, <laughs> you know, but like I, the, the my one of the best one that I've ever seen is the uh, A Christmas Story musical mm. that they did. They did live, right? Yeah. So good. It, it is so good to the truth of the piece. Mm-hmm. So well done. So, like so well done, and all of those people. I mean, Maya Rudolph is in it, but yeah, she's a singer. She's amazing. She like, was on Broadway. Anna Gasteyer is in it, but she's on Broadway, you know? Yeah. It's oh, like, that's who I meant. I meant Anna Gasteyer. Anna, yeah, yeah. You and said Maya Rudolph, Rudolph and I was thinking SNL well, and I went, right. You know, Minnie Ripperton. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like these people know, like they know what they're doing and they can set that people watched it tuned in. I mean, so, so I, I prefer those movie musical. I mean, those uh, TV musicals. Yeah. Uh, my, even if some of them are terrible. My favorite one, because I I didn't get a chance to see Christmas Story. Oh, please. Um, run, don't walk. Bro. Run, don't walk. <laughs> make sure, make it a staple for your Christmas. And I mean, I love the movie, but the movie's on 24-7. Yeah. You know, you, you'll see it. Like, make it a point to put it in your Christmas playlist. I'll, try, I'll it. give it a shot. My favorite was The Wiz. I loved ah! The Wiz with Shanice Williams. Oh. So good. My God, so, she has such a phenomenal. I was like, why is this girl not a fucking star now? Yeah. It was so Ooh, good. Yeah. I don't. They pulled her from nowhere, just like they pulled like the girl who did Nikki Jablonski from Hairspray. Yeah. It's like, where are these girls? Where are they? <laughs> the Wiz was so good. And Michael Kilgore, I don't know if you know Michael Kilgore, mm-hmm. like incredible incredible singer just got to show up and show out exactly in that entire piece and it's it's so good when you you know as we do we follow these people online and we see what they're what they're about and then they get some sort of like break in notoriety and they take it by the balls Mm -hmm. and just kill it oh the way the only other one that i really kind of like was greece because they used a live Mm -hmm. audience yeah, it, you know? it made such a difference. Yeah, and they put um, and I was uh really excited that um, uh William Ivy Long put what's his name in those short shorts. Oh, I was yeah. like, we were like, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. can't remember. I thanked who... him once. I met him once, and I thanked him for that. I was like, thank you for putting him in the short shorts. <laughs> he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you know, and he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, girl. <laughs> Which leads me actually to my final question. What uh, what can we expect from the Peregrine Theater Ensemble? Oh, Lord. Such a loaded question. I mean, only because we don't know because we are all in it. Thank God the vaccine is rolling out. And, yeah. you know, we're in a space where I think people, if they have the vaccine, they're going to be. I feel like they're going to be comfortable in the summer to like sit in a giant theater space spread out. Uh, because they were at restaurants all last damn summer and we didn't have no vaccine. Mm-hmm. So if you can go out to eat, you can have a vaccine and sit in a theater with a mask on if you feel like. So I yeah. feel like I feel like 
people are going to be open to doing that hunkering for theater. But uh, again, we don't know our, we, yeah. we do our shows in a town building. So if the town buildings are closed, we may not what be able to do. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, but I think whatever we do is going to be on the smaller scale. It'll be something that people can enjoy. Uh, it won't be about trying to turn over a coin. It'll be just about, it, it'll be about producing stuff because people need are, are They're hungry for it. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe even if it's a concert or we bring back the skivvies, uh, which you bring, or we bring you. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> um, I uh-huh. love Provincetown and I would love to come spend a little time with you guys. And I promise, or I know, I promise I won't Jackie beat it out of town. <laughs> 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 that is one of my favorite P-Town stories. Have I ever told you yes, this? You <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of my favorite P-Town stories. I love it to death. I mean, she heard about no, we can't no. talk. We're not bringing up another. Ben's like yeah. yelling about a queen and I'm like, we're not talking about that queen. <laughs> That another show. Listen, on another segment, we will talk about my Susan Boyle character, and we will talk about all the queens that I have, all the queens of Provincetown. If you don't know when what I Susan stop pre- is, when I stop recording right now, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you can follow suddenly if you just look up suddenly Susan Boyle, you'll see uh, that's me. Because uh, like I've I, seen it before. Yeah, when she came out of. Um, Britain's Got Talent, I donned her drag and sang live at Showgirls and subsequently parlayed that into a two-summer show at the Art House in Provincetown. Oh, my God. Live. Um, it's, one of my, it's one of my favorite things, and I talk about it all the time, and I've not been able to like pull her out of the basket in many, many years. Uh, but I have stories. Oh, we're I, I we're gonna do a whole other episode just. On... <laughs> great, 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 great. I'll get my drag mother's Varla, so I'll get I'll get Varla. Oh my god, I was gonna ask you about this. Yeah, you were in uh, Varla Jean and the Mushroom Heads. Yeah, Ben and I were both in Varla Jean and the Mushroom Heads. Yeah, yeah. I we love. Okay, so Varla, we, we go uh, Jeffrey and I go way 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 back. The first time I ever met her, and you queens will enjoy this, <laughs> I was working at Planet, uh, which was right across the street from Spiritus. Everybody mm-hmm. knows, you know, P-Town. And I see her <laughs> on the bike in full drag, a flyering, and she's talking to a friend. I grab the bowl of candy in front of me, and I strut out to Commercial Street at a 19-year-old age, and I said to her... Why do you take some from the for the road, you huge cow? <laughs> and because girls will be girls was something I was obsessed yeah. with. Yeah. And it was something that is said to her in the movie. And she was like, What? What? <laughs> and I was like, I I was like, I knew that this moment of panic. Like, am I going to be eaten by this seven-foot drag queen? She's, and she, she's so tall. She right. And she said, I was like, girls would be girls. She's like, oh. <laughs> You know, she got it. And I think, you know, from that moment, we just, you know, we became friends. And when I started, I was like, I had this Susan Boyle idea. And I was like, let me just be creative in this genre, in this Mm -hmm. aspect a minute and see what it was like. She was so supportive and and, uh, so lovely. And uh, I think... uh, I don't know where the question's going, but I wanted to tell that story. What was that? Even what the question I was just, was? I just wanted to hear, because I, I have never seen this movie. I didn't even know it existed oh, until yeah, I okay, was so researching yeah. it. So it's, it's, 
it, you can you can probably find it. Where can you find no, it? No, you can't find it anywhere. You can't find it? We have a DVD. We have a DVD. Maybe oh. we'll burn it. I don't know how you burn DVDs anymore, but I'll tell you what, I'll hop in the car right after we're done. I'll be there in about six hours. <laughs> I mean, everyone like Miranda scenes is in it. We're mm-hmm. in it. Seth Rudetsky's in it. I mean, it's, it's such a camp. Uh, it's such a great camp uh, show uh, movie where Varla is like, I want to create a kid show and we audition and we're obviously we're, it's funny. Cause we're like, we're the people that she's supposed to pick, yeah. but we're, we're, we're going to outshine her. And so she picks the two people that should not be in the show. Yeah. And that's like the joke of it. And we got to film in new Orleans and it was, uh, it was so much fun. Uh, it was so much fun. That's a great, it's a great. I really want to watch this movie now. (laughs) It's it's funny. She is so, I mean, like all of her usual tricks are in there. The, the string cheese and the, Mm -hmm. you know, all of it, all of it's in there. Raw meat, just like raw meat. She is such a like she has gone through so many phases. Yeah. She has been yeah. she has done so many things. That's why I love that she was doing that show Varla Jean drops her shorts. Mm. Did did you watch yeah. any of it? It was I've like not seen it yet. No, it no. was like all these like short comedy videos that she had produced in like the the 90s, oh, like the early 90s. Yeah. And it was yeah. all just these like comic shorts and it was her being like a trash queen. And it is so good. She is still to this day, one of the funniest drag queens. It's so funny. And I like the fact, you know, she, she's big in she, but Jeffrey is big in to uh, CrossFit, CrossFit now. Yeah. And so you're like, damn bitch. <laughs> like, you, are, <laughs> you are huge. Like girl. And so in and out of drag, it's two different worlds, but she oh, still yeah. has that demure um we um another queen in provincetown that i am simply obsessed with and i hope you saw her christmas show was dina martina i didn't see it no i was so sad it is one of the she is one of the craziest kookiest things and i you know i applaud her just for being that that weird queen that sort of stands outside the box because my mother has been visiting provincetown since 2003 you know Mm -hmm. so father. And my mother insists on seeing Dina Martina every single time because she gets it. She gets the humor and she's like, I just love Dina Martina. She's just so funny to me. I just got to go see her. Oh, my God. Like, still to this day, quotes things that she says. And it's like, you know, the drag world is such a beautiful place for people to sort of kind of get lost in. Mm-hmm. And 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 just have an experience and be a part of this community. And I think you should be in Provincetown at some point, even if it's for love a to. weekend or two. I know you I've got I know you're holding down the game in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, New uh, Jersey, where it's just like Provincetown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, but I feel like um, uh, yeah, you would you would fit in really well here especially during spooky bear spooky bear oh, week i love the and idea of that spooky bear i there's like a whole like we should just do rocky horror and you can play somebody oh I'm fine with that right didn't we say we wanted the caster as frankenfurter anyway stop full yeah. sentence <laughs> <laughs> anyway stop contracts coming anyway oh, beautiful pink or pink or white <laughs> wait what'd you say hey come here oh Ben said the it thing that you did at the show is like the funniest thing ever. I agree. Oh, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite mixes to do. And the worst part is I can't do it anymore because I have that because 
uh, with COVID, there's that whole section of it where I do the kiss me fat boy section yeah. and I like sit in someone's lap and like lick yeah. their head. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I have so many mixes where like. No more I, licking head. No more licking heads. <laughs> no, anyway, it's the best. And you, uh, I, I feel like, I sort of feel like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, we, we could talk for days about why I think you're amazing. So, <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate it. And I think you're just as amazing. Thank uh, you. Probably more amazing considering what you're doing with yourself. Uh, oh, Adam Barry, thank you so much for joining us on My Spooky Gay Family. Where can everybody catch uh, season five of Kindred Spirits? Season five is streaming on Discovery Plus, which is an app that you can access through many, many different ways. Go to discoveryplus.com and you can sign up. It is commercial free. It's uh, not just our network, but tons of networks. There's 55,000 hours of television. Jesus. So our entire, yeah, our entire catalog <laughs> is there. Plus all the other paranormal shows you've ever wanted to watch are there. And uh, our new episodes uh, drop on the app every Saturday. Uh, and then people can follow me on Twitter at Adam J. Barry, Instagram at Adam Barry, TikTok, the Adam Barry. <laughs> um, and then on Facebook, Adam Barry fans, you can just look for me and we can all kiki and hang out. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us. It has been an absolute joy. I know we kept you way longer than we said oh, we were going listen, to. It's fine. I've, I'm, I've, I have, uh, I'm not looking at the score. I'm literally just going to start it. <laughs> And then I'll see how far I get before I'm like, I need to fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good luck, Thank darling. You. Thank you. Sure. It Thank was you for our pleasure. Me. Thank you. I have to say that was probably like one of the most uh, insightful interviews we've ever done. While like it was so much fun, it was it felt so much like just a, a fun conversation with a friend. And obviously, uh, like we said in the interview, I've I've known Adam for a few years now, and I do consider him and his husband such such dear friends. But it was like being able to have this really deep conversation uh that also had such wonderful moments of levity. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, we um we touched on a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything, yeah. We we got into Varla Jean Merman, we got into <laughs> Dina Martina, uh, and also some really fun stuff about um his his experiences with obviously the paranormal. He he does his show Kindred Spirits, and uh I really I really enjoyed learning about um oh god, and now I'm gonna be tested. I forget what they were called. The where you project the energy out into the space. I think he called them aggregores. Aggregores. You are absolutely right. And thank God you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like one of the most interesting parts of the conversation because like I said, I am such a like worrywart and I'm such a scaredy cat. I'm sure that I have projected bad energy onto a space that was otherwise pretty like i, I want to say ambivalent what's the word i'm looking for pretty empty <laughs> pretty pretty balanced balanced yeah and i'm sure that i have tipped it in in the scales of darkness <laughs> <laughs> do you think you've ever done something like that i don't know it's got me kind of questioning a lot of things right now <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> I'm like, well, damn, I was scared of the closet as a kid. Like, maybe I was just... 
Maybe you created something in the closet. Maybe. Isn't that isn't that a weird thing to think that you as a kid have that power to kind of create this this crazy situation? Yeah, no. Even especially I mean he he sort of talked about it more as groups of people doing it, but mm-hmm. like if you believe something hard enough, I guess it doesn't take more than one person. Yeah, it, it's so hard to say. I mean, it's definitely a topic I would love to investigate further. Uh, I'll probably reach out to Kathy Kelly about it <laughs> because I'm sure she's got a lot of thoughts on it and uh, I would be very eager to hear them. Um, I hope that you guys all appreciated that conversation as much as we did. I really can't say how much I, I loved getting to chat with with Adam tonight. Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to Adam uh, on on Twitter or on Instagram. On Instagram, I know it's Adam Berry. I think on Twitter, it's Adam J. Berry. Uh, he said it all at the end of the interview there. Uh, I, but I, again, my memory is just like Swiss cheese. It's full of holes. So um, definitely reach out to Adam Berry and, and let him know how much you loved the episode. And uh, if, if you guys have anyone that you would like us to have on, please let us know because we're always looking for suggestions for people to chat with. And if we can get them on here, we'll do our best. <laughs> so that's it for this week, kids. We won't keep you too much longer. I know this was a very, very long episode. We haven't seen an episode this length since since It Chapter 2. Um so we hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll we'll be back with more mini mini microsodes on Patreon next Monday and a brand new episode right here wherever you are listening next week. So until then, stay spoopy and remember. Such a perfect day. Drink sangria in the park. Then later when it gets dark we go home Such a perfect day Feed animals in the zoo Then later a movie too And then home My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from Suddenly Susan Boyle, available on YouTube from Adam Berry. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel Productions.